This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kira everyone, my name is Arina and thank you for tuning in on Tago SS Radio for my podcast and radio show The Arenality. First, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers, Hawks Bay, Wellington SS Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, and Free FM in Hamilton. So hello from Dunedin and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So the Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Chaw Fa Le Ka Kun, a Thai pharmacy student passionate about coffee and cats. Kia ora. Kia ora. My name is Fa, so um, I'm a third year pharmacy student. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate this. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I really want people to know our background. We met at the International Committee uh, Gala. We yes. had an ICOM intercultural gala, which uh, my team and I organized. Yes. And very co- coincidentally, they seated me uh, opposite Fa, you. Yes. And it was very, it was such a good event because I got to make a new friend like mm. yeah yeah it was like um it's just really um funny like with the story of how we meet because yeah. like the seating arrangement was really random mm. and then suddenly in front of me is this really beautiful person <laughs> and then I found oh my god she's the OUSA head of international <laughs> students and I was like Okay, made a good first impression. Um, yeah. And beside me was Jack, the president of OUSA. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You were sitting like basically on the VIP table. <laughs> yes, I was like, I didn't even realize that until like when you guys introduced yourself. Mm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're ordinary people, yeah. And we had such a good time with mm-hmm. all of you. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you, Fa, for the introduction. Can you tell us, because um, you're a pharmacy student, mm-hmm. can you tell us about that? So, um, so, so I studied health science first year, and then I never really thinking about like getting into pharmacy. It's just kind of like, oh, I don't even know how to get into pharmacy because I honestly don't really like chemistry. I actually prefer physics more because it makes more sense to me. Mm. So now when like when my friends um, heard that I got into pharmacy, they were like, what are you doing there? I knew you don't like chemistry. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea. But it's been fun. It's it's great. I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Mm, that's great. And you've had placements all over New Zealand, right? Yeah, so I'm quite lucky that um, this year I got um, my placement as um, my first choice that I chose. So yeah, I got to um, go to North Shore Hospital for my placement and then the rural is in was in Wanaka. Mm. So yeah, I learned a lot of stuff. I like how there's a city and a rural placement. Yes, um, so because hospital and community pharmacies are quite different and it changed my perspective on what I want to do in my internship 
and in the future as well. So it like um, broadened my perspective a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, rural wasn't even like like it was actually quite busy because there are the because in Wanaka um, pharmacy. There were the only pharmacy in the Wanaka Medical Center, so there was a lot of um, patients and customers. So mm. I was quite busy as well. Yeah, interesting. So it's not that because it's rural, it's not busy. It's busier because it's my it's the only um, pharmacy of the region. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so for the Arinality, we usually talk about cultural identities mm-hmm. and you identify as Thai. Yes. Can you tell us about um, being Thai and also your journey from Thailand to New Zealand? Yeah. So, um, so I study in so I was in an international school in Thailand until I was about 14. That's when my mom literally shipped me off to New Zealand. <laughs> she was like, here you go, it's just going to go to New Zealand, you're going to study there. And I'm like, okay, I have no choice. <laughs> so I went to a language school first when I was 14. And then I went to high school in Auckland mm. in the North Shore area. And then I came down to Otago for my university. Mm. So yeah, um, so... Since I identify as Thai, so it played most part in my life and my cultural identity as well. Mm. Yes, I did make some like um, not like sacrifices, but um, more like adapt to because the New Zealand culture is quite different to the Thai culture. So I have to adapt to a lot of new. Um, will and perspective in life as well. Yeah, so was, you were 14, that's quite young. Yeah, yeah, and I still have to take care of my sister as well during that time. Oh. Yeah, I have a younger sister, three years younger than me at that time, so um, my parents decided to send me and my sister together, and they hoped that I would take care of her. Uh. So I have to grow up quite fast. Yeah, that must be the situation for new international students like that and having a sibling with them and I can relate to that because I have a brother here (laughs) as well Um, it's not well we're adults now but still I have this sister responsibility because we are also flatmates so yeah so a lot of people say hey it's kind of great that you're flatmates with your brother Mm -hmm. because like a lot of people have issues with their flats and it's because they are friends mm-hmm. but I can just tell on my brother like hey do that <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a good thing isn't it yeah it is a good thing I think that's blessings in disguise as well mm. yeah so you mentioned about being Thai mm-hmm. and were there any significant cultural differences that you realize about the New Zealand culture mm. Sorry, it was like quite a long time now. So like mm. over time, I I adapt to the New Zealand culture as well, and like the way um, New Zealanders Kiwi things. So um, need to take time a bit. Um, I think the main thing that I can that I start noticing was like how they are quite open about um, some taboo subject in Asian cultures specifically like um, mental health and well-being mm. and also like um, like example if you are sick then they would advise you to like take a sick leave or like don't come to school 
But like usually when I was in Thailand, like my mom, especially um, she don't believe in like staying home. She was like, oh, just go to school. You can still go. So I mm-hmm. think it was like the working culture, like the hard, hard working culture. Yeah, yeah that was just like, oh, just go to work and then do your job and. Don't be sick, kind of thing. Yeah, don't be sick. That's the way to do it. Um, I can totally relate to that as well. I think it's not just a Thai culture; it's an Asian view where uh, you have to work hard, and mm-hmm. because you have a responsibility that goes above your health, yeah, which is very scary, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You you just put it into words, <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you did mention about mental health. What were the significant things that you realized about um, Thai culture and mental health that has affected your life? So, so growing up, um, there wasn't any. Like I remember when I was in Thailand till like when I was fourteen until I came here, there wasn't any subjects or any topics about mental health coming up at all, even on social media. Um, and like in general, idea when someone have mental health illness, they in Thai they call them like um, uh, crazy. Like at that time, but now I, as I when I was in. So as I'm in New Zealand, I start to see more people starting to advocate, like, on a Thai social media about like mental health issues and mental health illness. That it is not just about being crazy. Like there's some like I, like the they are ill. It's not because of, yeah. There are names and diagnoses mm. involved rather than calling someone crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, so now I think. More people are being educated about that, which is really good. But I think there are some um, families that like they still refuse to accept that, or they may accept that. Oh, yeah, it is real, but they refuse to accept that it might like some uh, a member in their family might have it. Mm. So that kind of prevents um, the. Person who needs help from getting the help they need. Mm. Yeah, there's a thing called uh, shame, fa- face shame, saving face. Sorry, mm. like um, you want to take care of your family name. You don't want people to say things about your family, so you would cover any things, anything that is bad about your family, so that other people won't know. Yes, mm. yes, I yeah, I can relate to that as well. Yeah, I think um, like that. Is a lot of families also have that aspect that like they think that oh no no one can like like they can only like outsiders like other people can only see this um image of like particular image of of their own family like there's nothing wrong but inside there might be lots of things going on but like you never know you never know yeah. Yeah, exactly. You did mention to me something that you'd like for us to talk about, and um, before we do that, I would like to give a trigger warning to our listeners. If you feel uncomfortable hearing conversations about eating disorders, just be aware that this will be the topic that we'll be talking about in this podcast. Okay. Thank you, Fa, for giving that point that. You know, this is something you want to talk about with okay. me. Um, I think that yes, I would like to share my experience because um, uh, 
I don't think that many people also realize that they might have eating disorder just because they think that they don't fit the image that um, eating disorder might have. Which, for one, I thought I didn't fit that image, so I thought I didn't have it until like my doctor was like, um, like he doesn't associate like. Disease, illness, or conditions with particular image, and that's when I kind of get it that like, oh, I actually have eating disorder. Now that I think about it, yeah. And would you mind sharing the story of how you found out? Yeah. So, um, growing up, um, Asian beauty stand. There's a lot of beauty Asian beauty standards that like um, I was being exposed to in Asia. Um, and I know that my family means well, but like, um, so growing up, I was being subject to like, oh, don't eat too much, or else you'll get fat and stuff like that. And it was it was fine until like I start coming to New Zealand. That's when I start gaining weight like really really fast and a lot, like um, to the point that um, my self esteem was like non-existent basically. So and that's I think that's when it kind of started to like um, went downhill since high school. Um, so I start like um, restricted myself with eating or like um, trying to vomit. But high school wasn't that bad until I came to uni, and um, and also at the end of the year I went back to Thailand every time. So I also being subject to like. My family members like giving out comments like, "Oh, you gain weight! Like, don't eat too much, or like, oh, don't eat this. There's too much fats and stuff like that." Sometimes, uh, they mean well, but they don't realize how much damage they are doing. Um, and also, yeah. So when I'm so when I'm in uni, I didn't realize that I have like eating disorder. I um. Without knowing, because it has been happening for so long, it became the norm for me. So I start to substitute my meals with coffee, um, because coffee like makes me full, have the feelings of fullness, and I don't need to. Well, I don't want to eat as well. Like I'm tired, but I don't want to eat because I don't want to gain weight. And then I um, spend. Hours in front of the mirror, looking at myself, or like changing outfits. So it took like a very long time to get ready in the morning. Um, I also weight myself every day, and then I think it was really bad. Like that's I think the moment I realized that I need help was in 2021 January, right after the New Year. After New Year, um, I think I kind of. Like I eat a normal amount for like someone who misses breakfast, but I felt really bad, and then I forced myself to vomit without any reason, and it like went on a bit, and that's when um, my friend was like, "Hey, I think you need help." So that's when I booked myself at, I booked myself into student health, to like um, figure out the problems and then get over it, because it takes a lot of um, strains on my health as well. Yeah, definitely. And once you met with Student Health, what were the things you learned from your experience? Um, I learned that. Well, I learned that it is um, the fear of gaining weight. It is normal to gain like 
it is normal that your weight fluctuates every day. Like it's normal that it fluctuates, like about one kg per day and stuff like that. And it is normal that you eat, that you want to eat more when you're on period or when you're hungry or when after you study. Um, so it's just that I also realize that um, I like food becomes uh, the fear in my life. Food becomes the main um, focus in my life. Like everything. Um, revolves around the food that I'm going to eat, and it kind of um, dissociate me from like hanging out with my friends and like focusing in class and stuff like that. Mm. And basically, um, all my thoughts of like the fear of gaining weight, the fear of like having my stomach like um, bulge out because I eat food that is they're all normal, and no one even notices it apparently, according to my. Um, doctor, but like it's just the process of like learning. It is hard because he put me in a very he put me in a very uncomfortable situation, as in like recording um, what I eat in a day, like every day for like a week or two, mm-hmm. and like he even um, asked me to like. Um, facing my fear of particular food like Oreos because then I binge eat and then Mm. I don't and then I restrict myself from eating again there was a lot of experiment going on to see like and to make me realize that um, food is not as scary as I thought and it is okay to like eat snacks and enjoy the food I want to eat yeah that is that must be so hard for you to share to us (laughs) Thank you so much for doing that. I think the message that we want to put across for people is that sometimes people don't know that they're having a an eating disorder. You mentioned something about you realized that food was the thing that you think about all the time. It re- everything revolves around food. That is when you realize that the food is controlling you. Yes. Yeah. It controls my everyday activities like when I'm out with my friends I instead of focusing on the um, like the certain topics or like focusing like um, spending time with my friends I often focus on how much I eat or what I chose to eat instead of enjoying my time so that was one of the example how it controlled my life yeah and I'm really glad that you took the step to get help from student health yes it was um like uh, it was uncomfortable for me because um, I particularly I don't want my parents to find out because um, and I also didn't tell my parents about this hopefully they don't listen to this <laughs> because I um, it is hard to explain something that you know that the other person they won't understand so yeah. um, that's why I never really shared it unlike unless you are like a friend that I'm close with but yes I can totally relate to that when no matter how close that person is, regardless of how close they want to be, mm-hmm. if they're not giving you the f- feeling of safety mm. to open up about your issues, then I guess you should put some boundaries yes. with that conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Oh. Um, I like when you mentioned about that there is this stigma or this image of what a person who has eating disorder looks like Mm -hmm. and usually if you google that it's like people with like 
real like bones, real, mm, like, really thin anorexia and stuff yeah. like that. So I never see myself having eating disorder because uh, I'm not thin. Yeah, and I think it kind of prevents lots of people from like realizing that they might have when in reality there are a lot of different types of eating disorder, and it's not just like anorexia. Like for example, there's um, bulimia. Binge eating disorder and stuff like that, or some people might like. You can't just put um, one person into one category of eating disorder because they might have a bit of difference of like from like a bit of little stuff from different types yeah. of eating disorder. Yeah. So an eating disorder is when you have problems around food, mm. regardless of your body type. Basically, yes. yeah. Because if someone Google's anorexia, the images they would see are like very very skinny people, right? Yes. That's why you didn't realize that you were part of that group. Yes. Uh, we do want to end the episode <laughs> in a lighter note. Yes. Um, let's talk about passions. You know, passions yes. is usually something people are excited about, mm-hmm. and I do want you to share with us what are your passions. So um, I actually really like coffee. And like baking and like um, making some drinks and stuff like that. So I even create like a small TikTok account to like record my um, basically making coffee and drinks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's not much followers, but I just enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's not about the followers. It's about when you're posting it, it makes you happy. Yes, I just really like the aesthetic, like imagining that I'm opening a coffee shop. Like that's my dream. Wow. Okay, let's talk about that. So, if you're <laughs> in another life, if you're not a pharmacy student, do you think you'll be a cafe I'll, owner? Yes, I'll be that coffee shop owner that have like probably five to six cats. I might even turn it into like a cat um cafe. <gasps> cat cafes. Yes, yes. Uh, it's very popular in Thailand as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to go to one. I've never been to one. I've never been to one as well, but it looks really fun. Yeah. Do they have any in New Zealand? I think there's only one in Auckland, but I'm not sure. There wasn't much um news on it, but yeah. I knew it. But I knew that animals coffee shop are very popular in Japan. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, um, cat cafes are basically you're spending time with cats Mm -hmm. while drinking coffee. Yes. (laughs) So you get like, uh, you... Uh, you get two in one, mm-hmm. basically, like two things in one. Yes. Two, you kill two birds in one stone, yeah, I should say that. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun, and mm-hmm. I really want to do that. Me too. Yeah. Another thing is that, like, I think there's this one cafe in South Korea where they, like, you order drinks and then you get um, a drawing, like, a not drawing, more of like a painting set together uh, as well. You sent that to me on yes, Instagram. I was like, after COVID, I want to go there. Yeah, that's so cool. I think they they drew like a spirited away mm, scene. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, like cafes should be more creative, right? Yes. Like how do you engage with customers and mm-hmm. for people who are creative, they do want to like hang out at a cafe and just like do art. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like a bonus that like um, the cafe supply you with um, art supplies already, so you don't have to like bring yours on. Yes, talking about art. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, I think you saw this on my like Instagram. So a uh, close friend 
I mean, I call her my older sister, a close friend. Um, she asked me to design her her first tattoo, mm. and it was a very um, exciting opportunity for me because, like, oh my god, someone trusted me with designing that first tattoo. Yeah, it's so cool. Yes, and uh, you did design your own tattoo as well. Yes. Um. So anyone who knows about who knows my parents, please don't tell them this. I have a tattoo. <laughs> my mom haven't found this out yet. Uh-huh. Hopefully, they don't find they don't find it here. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Uh-huh. So yes, I designed two of my tattoos. One of them is a flower with different. Like basically rainbow colors, petals with a smiley face. Aww. Just because I really like um, colorful stuff, and then the other one is a cat tattoo. <laughs> Adorable! You yes. really do love cats. Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> cat lady. Okay, so we'll wrap up this interview now. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Fab, for sharing your story with us. I feel like this. It's a very deep, a very deep Arenality episode. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks to you. I, I, you know, the hardest conversations are the ones worth talking about. Mm, I'm glad I'm able to share my experience and let other people know that they're not the only one who felt the same way I did. Yeah. And thank you again for giving me this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the end of our episode of the Arenality today. I hope you learn a lot about Fa, about her passionate, uh, about her passions for coffee, and also her story of diagnosing with eating disorders. If anyone would like to contact me, they can email aizalarina at gmail dot com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.